Welcome back to another Pick and Pod here on the Blackout. We are coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black, and we are prepping for Week Eight because it kicks off the second half of the college football season. Alan, it's all down the stretch run from here. I hope that people are finding themselves in a reasonably good position. I think you and I are both in good enough spots that we have to feel decent about where we are heading into the second half of the season, but it is going to be a blast to see what comes up with college football, the picks we have, and uh, who's in contention for prizes as we go down the stretch. Agreed. It's only going to get more challenging from here, folks, and a lot more fun. Most definitely. Let's go ahead and take a look at the standings and where we are at this point. Jesse is our leader. He has 270 points right now. He is coming off a strong week where he took over first place. In second place, we have Bruce, who was in first place a week ago. He has 269 points, one point off the lead, and he leads the pack for a pair of Yeats sunglasses and a $50 Visa gift card. And then we have TJ running in third place. He has 262 points eight points off the lead. So Jesse and Bruce have kind of separated themselves a little bit, and he is leading the pack for a $25 Visa gift card. Alan, checking out where you and I are. I am in a tie for sixth place with 259 points, 11 points off the lead. I've gone 43 and 27 in my picks this year. And Alan, you are in a tie for 15th with 252 points, 18 points off the lead with a 42 and 28 record on the year. So Alan, we've reached the midway point. We're going past it now here into week eight. How are you feeling as you approach the second half at 15th in the standings? Well, I feel like I've got a better understanding of where these teams are, right? Moving into the the second half of the season. But I'm not sure how much that's going to help me this week. Because you know what? (laughs) It's indie week, right? Like it's off the beaten path. This week's picks enjoys its IPAs, its man buns. French press coffee and Drew Holcomb, like <laughs> lots of lots of tight games, but a lot of different teams this week. So this is one of those weeks that are, I, it's going to be a little bit freaky and off the beaten path. So I'm excited about it. It is quite a bit off the beaten path. That is because there are not a lot of marquee games in in college football this week. You know, not a lot of top 25 mega showdowns, not a lot of big rivalries and conferences. So we have a lot of group of five flavor, a lot of funky things going on that we're going to have to pay attention to. Alan, that's a perfect segue because I want to address it just in case you have some thoughts on it, but This week, I didn't think we were going to find one of these weeks again so quickly, but a couple weeks ago, we had Purge Week. This week, we have eight games with a spread of seven points or less. I want to know if you think this falls kind of in that same category. To me, I think we're a little bit short, but I'm just raising the question just to identify, hey, if this is one of those kind of mega weeks that we need to kind of alert people to and, you know, acknowledging that we could see some wild turns in the standings. You know, anytime that there's this many games, where people are going to be unsure and have not seen and, or be able to trust these teams. I, I think there's going to be some moving and some shaking. I really do. I, now it's not going to be purge level week, but it, it's, this is the second hardest week 
of the season by far. Absolutely. Well, it sounds to me like you're on the same page. We're not going to clarify or we're not going to designate this as purge week, are we? It's not quite up to the standard of what we met in the first one, right? Yeah, exactly. But but it's it's very much like a like a, a quirky little like you know, just odd sitcom like you know, 500 days of summer. It's just off the beaten path. Half the people don't know about it. And it's just going to be a, a fun week for, for those that, that really, really enjoy college football. Absolutely. Hope that everybody is doing it. And I hope that we provide some good insight here on this pick and pod because Alan and I are coming off a huge week in week seven where all our value picks hit. We were all over it. So Alan, this would be awesome if we can continue it here into week eight where you're right. There's a lot of hard stuff to identify, but coming off a week where Alan scored 38 points, I scored 34. Alan, that means you're going to start us off in your value picks. So uh, if you want to go ahead, go ahead and take us through your first one. All right. I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Like I said, a lot of tight games and different teams this week, which means, in my opinion, this is just a proverb, you have to make sure the middle of your board is solid. The top seems fairly stable, but the folks that will gain points this week are going to get the middle three or four games right. I think that's that's going to be the, the biggest part of this. And in order to do that, I'm going to go with people that have proven to to be responsible adults this year. And so my first value pick is is going actually all the way down to Miami, Florida, and where I I think that NC State um, is going to take advantage of a team that is, one, not very good, and two, most likely is going to be looking for a new coach at the end of the year. If you look just at the line, and I don't understand why the line is so low, NC State is only a three-point favorite at Miami. And I'm fascinated by that. I, that would put you anywhere between a two or a five because four different games have the same line of, of a three-point favorite. Tyler Van Dyke for Miami has been turnover prone so far. And Devin Leary on the other side has been terrific this year with 15 touchdowns to two interceptions. So I'm going to move NC State up into that five or six range versus a a Miami team that's been inconsistent and sparse on whether or not they really want to play or not. Very interesting. I can't blame you, Alan. I am uh, I'm going to be in a similar spot for NC State. I have them winning this game. Like you mentioned, Tyler Van Dyke, I think he's had the little bits of him that I've seen. I think he's been pretty decent, but you mentioned the turnovers. I haven't seen as much on that, uh, but I like NC State. I think they're a pretty good football team. I think that they are definitely the more sound football team at this point in the season, and uh, I think that they should be able to handle things down in Miami, so I'm going to be on the Wolfpack as well in this matchup. Yeah, I'm shocked that that line is only at three. Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me unless Vegas knows something that we don't know. And I mean, they make a lot of dang money doing it. So, but maybe they do. But it, this feels like it, it needs to be in that upper, that upper middle part of the board in that five, six, seven range where I'm going to feel comfortable putting a team that's five and one up there over a team that's three and four. It'll be very interesting to see. I guess I could agree with you. I'm trying to figure out why the line would be so small. I think maybe because Miami has 
come back against some teams recently. You know, you've seen a close loss against Virginia where they nearly won it on a field goal. We saw the comeback against North Carolina this past week. I guess they're thinking that all these teams kind of in the ACC are just a jumbled mess and that they're all kind of equivalent with each other, that none of them are drastically better than the others. But it certainly does feel like on paper and what we've seen this year, the NC State is the better team. Agreed. All right, Alan, for my first value pick this week, I am looking at the same conference, but a different game. I'm going to look at the Clemson Tigers at the Pittsburgh Panthers. Alan, this is one that we touched on last week. We both hammered Pittsburgh against Virginia Tech on the road. We came away with a 21-point victory. I collected seven points off the win. You collected six points off the win. So I'm going to evaluate this matchup with Clemson on the road at Pittsburgh. We've documented it a lot here in the last couple of weeks. Kenny Pickett has been awesome this year. 21 touchdowns, just one interception. Last week in the win against Virginia Tech, Kenny Pickett was solid, but Israel Abanaconda was really good in the running game, even though... Kenny Pickett was limited, uh, you know, more so than we've seen him limited so far this year. To me, I was most impressed by the defense with Pittsburgh because they limited Virginia Tech to its lowest yardage output on the season. I think that says really good things. Virginia Tech, you know, is not good offensively. We talked about that and a reason why to go with Pittsburgh a week ago. Uh, But for Pittsburgh's defense to limit Virginia Tech even more than they have been all year, I think is a plus. And then we flip it over to the other side with this Clemson team that the offense has been bad, really bad all year. Allen, they've been outgained by four of the five Power 5 teams they've played on the season. DJ Uyunglele has been bad. The run game has been bad. And they're going up against a good pit defense that makes tackles for loss in the backfield. They get a decent number of sacks, not a ton, but I think that they can create some havoc plays in the backfield. Allen, you better bet I'm going back to the well again, and I'm taking the Pittsburgh Panthers in this game. Now, they fall in the exact same range that you just talked about with the NC State-Miami game. We have Pitt as a three-point favorite at home. If you're dictating your value pick, According to the spread, that would land Pittsburgh anywhere between a two and a five. But Alan, I'm boosting the value on that. I'm going to take the Pitt Panthers at a seven or an eight this week. I'm really honestly leaning toward an eight. I think that their offense is going to be too much for Clemson, a team that's been really bad offensively all season. And I think their defense is going to be able to match up well with the Tigers. My man. Come on, son. I'm right there with you. It's just the two of us. Like, I'm... <laughs> I am I am going back with Pitt this week too. This was my second value pick, and in my opinion, the only reason the line is as close as it is is because Clemson has the name brand, right? It's somehow that only a three point favorite. Um, get, I mean, get real, no way. And uh, Clemson's only scored more than twenty points one time in regulation this year. Against Power people, 5 teams. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, against Power 5 teams. The team's yeah, not like, named South Carolina State. So, South Carolina State is, is not even a, it's <laughs> it not even a real team. Yeah, that's not even a real team. And they only got to the 20-point mark in the NC State game because it went to OT. Yep. Uh, and Pitt hasn't scored less than 28 at any point this year. Um you know, I'm a big Kenny Pickett fan, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. He's the dude. Sorry, I, I just kind of drool over him. I'm right there with you, moving Pitt up into that six, seven, eight range. I, I think I'm I'm bullish with you, my man. 
I'm with you. I, I, like you said, all the reasons to talk about Clemson negatively, the fact that they haven't reached 20 points against a Power 5 opponent in regulation speaks volumes to me. I talked about them getting outgained by nearly every opponent this year. Uh, I think all of those things lean toward a good offensive Pittsburgh team, something that, uh, you know, it's remarkable that we've talked about it. The last couple of weeks, this Pittsburgh team is far better offensively than it has been the last three, four, or five. You can just count them up however many years you want. Uh, this is not a good offensive program, but they have a good offense this year. It all starts with the passing game. And to me, this feels like a game that even if Clemson plays well, I think that it feels to me more like a seven-point win for Pittsburgh than a three-point win. And I think that if things play out how we've seen them play out this season with Clemson sucking offensively, Pittsburgh having some success in protecting the ball, I think Pittsburgh wins this game by a couple of scores. Let's do this thing. Get our points. Love it. Alan, for my second value pick this week, I'm going to take a look at Oregon at UCLA, where we have the Bruins as a two-point favorite. Alan, I've talked about this in person with you. We've talked about it probably here on the podcast some, but I have a lot of concerns about this Oregon team and what has happened with them in recent weeks. Uh, They've had a game against Arizona where they won, but they gave up a bunch of yards. They had the loss to Stanford in overtime where they kind of gave that one up late. And just this past week, they're coming off a close close win off a one-win California team where they had to come back late and then have a goal line stand there at the end to be able to stave off California 24-17. They've had some injury issues with C.J. Verdell out for the year, Justin Flo out for the year. There's some concerns on the defensive side where they've been giving up a lot of yards, sometimes not that many points, but definitely a lot of yardage in my book is a, is a thing to be concerned about. You flip it over and look at UCLA – Man, it all starts with the running game. Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown, Dorian Thompson-Robinson are being really successful this year. They've got a great tight end in Greg Dulcich. And then Kyle Phillips is kind of a question mark. He didn't play last week in their win against Washington, and there hasn't been a report on exactly why he was out of the game. So I don't know if he's going to be in this one or not. So that's going to be something I'm monitoring throughout this week. But Allen, with this UCLA offense and how successful it's been all year running the ball, with Oregon not being able to stop the run, with Oregon missing C.J. Verdell and going up against a UCLA team that is only allowing 91 rush yards per game on the year, I really like UCLA in this matchup. Now, as a two-point favorite, This is the lowest spread on our board. So if you're going according to the spread, you would put UCLA at a one in confidence value. But Alan, I'm going to boost that one up. I like UCLA in this matchup. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I like the Bruins to come away with the victory in this one. I'm thinking I'm going to put UCLA probably at least out of four on my board, uh, but I'm going to think about that strongly and think about maybe boosting it up a little bit. Uh, But I think I can get some points of value with the Bruins in this one and winning what I think is probably going to be a pretty close game, but I think UCLA probably controls it. I, I'm fascinated by this matchup. Uh, this is a this is a can't miss type of game, in my opinion. That two probably the two best teams in the the Pac-12. Um, somehow UCLA is is not ranked. Um, both teams coming off uh, 24 to 17 wins. Oregon, as you mentioned, struggled with Cal, and they have really taken a turn for the worse over the past few weeks. Whereas UCLA goes on the road and beats a stubborn Washington team, which has a good defense. I, I'm with you, though. I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going to put this game, but I, I think UCLA has, has got this one. will be able to run the football with Zach Charbonnet. This feels 
much more like a 65-35 type of game, not score-wise, but percentage of winning-wise, than more like a 50-50, which the line would have you believe. Yeah, I, I get that same feeling as well. I think at the at the worst, kind of in my mind, I mean, these teams match up 10 times. I think UCLA probably wins six of them. You know, that's kind of the yep. same range you're talking about. If they take advantage of the edges that I think they have offensively and defensively, it might even be more like 7-3. And, you know, you're finding yourself kind of right in that middle ground, 65-35 as well. So I think UCLA is the better team, and, uh, and I think they can really take advantage in a couple of different areas on the field. Now, Alan, this one is designated as our tiebreaker of the week. It's the game of the week on the ESPN College Pick'em. So we're both going to give you not only our predicted winner, we're going to give you a predicted score so you can talk about your total score as well. So Alan, I'm looking at this thing with an over under set at 60. I think we're going to have a relatively high scoring game as well. I'm actually going to go with the over on this one over the 60. I'm looking at UCLA winning this one. I think somewhere in the ballpark of 35, 28, maybe a 35, 31, but at this moment I'm kind of thinking 35, 28. So that'd be a total for me of 63. I think the Bruins may win this thing by a touchdown. All right. I was looking at, at both offenses and thinking, man, that 60 seems awfully high, to be totally honest with you. Um, like I like I mentioned earlier, both teams uh, only won 24-17 last week, which is uh, a line that's only at 41. Um, I, I've put the, the line, at, uh, I'm going under, and I, I'm putting that line around like a 48 uh, type of range 48 to 50 I think this is going to be a little bit slower or not necessarily slower but lower scoring um, uh, type of a game because both teams want to be able to run the ball and um, both teams have not put a ton on the board as of late yeah that's fair I mean I understand the offensive concerns there I think to me we've seen both of these teams uh, find ways to not put points on the board. I guess I'll put it that way, because I think at different times this year we've seen offensive success from them, uh, but I do have concerns about this Oregon defense. I think UCLA is going to be able to put up points on them. I just am kind of giving Oregon a little bit of credit because I do have more concerns about them. So if anybody's going to fall short of that kind of you know, doing their part and reaching that 60 total, I'm leaning more towards Oregon. And that's another, uh, I guess, edge, I think, in why you should put UCLA, because I think they're going to have an easier time scoring the ball. Yeah, I, I think that's that's totally fair. Um, I just that that line feels a little high to me to to like if I'm buying into that. Sure. You know, if, I, if I put my own money on it, I don't know that I'd be able to take that over. Sure, and I understand that, and I'm not going so far over that I would even be comfortable putting my money on it. But uh, but I like that edge just a little bit. Uh, but it makes sense as to why you'd think it's high because it's actually been going up this week. I think earlier this week when I was tracking that number. I think it was at like 57 and a half. So it's climbed by a couple of points, which, you know, early in the week sometimes isn't a great, great indication uh, sure. because that's the public money on that early in the week. So uh, the, the, the smart money would oftentimes say that you're probably on the right side when the public goes hard on one side. Usually that's not the right side, but we'll see. Yeah, like I said, this is going to be a really fun game to watch and a really important game to watch as well not just for our own picks but for the college football and the Pac-12 as a whole most certainly Alan I am glad to hear that we're on the same page with all our value picks this week heck the fact that we doubled up on Pittsburgh last week both you and me on the same one the fact that we did it again this week I think 
I hope, bodes awfully well for us. Uh, but it sounds to me like being on the same page, we have a pretty good shot, I think, of, uh, of looking pretty good here in Week 8. I'm feeling pretty darn good about it. Let, let, let's do this thing and keep moving on up. I love it. Alan and I can be found on Twitter. You can follow Alan at AD on the blackout. You can follow myself at TB on the blackout. And of course, we love ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's one of the best ways you can help out the show. And as we head into week nine, as we deepen our way into the second half of the season, of course, just join us right back here on the blackout for another Pick'em Rewind and a Pick'em Pod, because this is where you get all your best information for the college football Pick'em on ESPN. Alan, it's been a blast. I'm glad to know that we are both in a kind of similar spot as we head into this week here in week eight. I think that bodes well for us. I hope that it comes out in our favor, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here this weekend. Alan, thank you for your time, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on the Blackout. Yes, sir. Let's do this thing. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.